All right, y'all, this is another episode today. And this one was inspired. I was taking a walk. It's a Saturday when I'm recording this. And all of a sudden I was listening to a podcast and then I got this inspired idea that we need to talk about the obligation cycle. So are you in obligation as a parent of an autistic child? That is the question. And so what we're gonna do today is, first we're gonna go through what the obligation cycle is. I'm gonna explain to you the different steps and stages. Then we're gonna talk about how you can start to get yourself out of this. And at the end of the episode, I am going to give you three strategies to be able to really start to pull yourself out of this on a day-to-day basis. I wanted to do this episode for two different reasons. Number one, this is a form of self-care that isn't going to take a lot of extra time or energy to be able to implement. And you deserve to have some of that restorative energy for yourself, to be able to be gentle with yourself, to be able to really pay attention to yourself in the way that you're paying attention to the rest of your family. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, if you didn't listen to it, in episode 21, I talked about one of the things I think is essential for high quality autism care is that you as a parent have a place to be able to support yourself. And I wanted to give you a very real life example of what that could look like. But here's the great news. Even if you don't have that space, this podcast can be that space for you. And so I am going to coach you in the way that I would work one-on-one with a parent. So through my private practice, I use the whole family approach. What that means is that I'm doing evidence-based neurodiversity affirming care for the autistic child, and I am creating this space for the parent to get support. So these are real conversations that I have. The other thing is I have been doing a lot of presentations recently and coming at it from this perspective of we need more conversations like these where it focuses on the parent and this obligation cycle is something that I taught them as well. So we're going to go ahead and dive into the episode. I'm Dr. Tay, a licensed child psychologist and parental mindset coach specializing in autism. I have supported hundreds of autistic children and their families and have been in the autism field for over a decade. I'm the host of Evolve, the podcast where we have real conversations that are designed for autism parents just like you. Each week, we will discuss topics that directly impact your life, from providing psychoeducation about autism and neurodiversity to talking about your personal growth, well-being, and evolution as a parent, we dive into it all. Just keep in mind, nothing shared on this podcast is clinical advice, and you should consult with a medical or mental health provider if you need support. Now, let's get to talking about the obligation cycle. So first off, what is the obligation cycle? That's what we're going to dive into. So if you are streaming live with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, I'm going to show you a graphic of this. If you are listening once this podcast episode airs, I'm going to tell you to head over to my social media in particular, head on over to Instagram. It's at the period DR period Tay, and you're going to see this graphic on my Instagram feed, or if you follow me on another social media platform, you will see it there as well. So what is the obligation cycle? And this is this idea of how we ultimately 
come at different responsibilities, different things, things that, so to speak, we have to do. But that is exactly the thing with this is, yes, there are responsibilities. There are things that are really important that you can complete and that you follow through. In point, one example of this is your child's therapy. If they're in speech therapy, occupational therapy, they're working with a psychologist like I am, whatever it is, they need to go to a medical appointment. Those are things that ultimately are going to serve your family to do. And at the same time, it's really easy to have this idea of have to, should, I must, I need to. And so this might be like, oh my gosh, I need to call the pediatrician to get a referral for an AAC device, or I have so much to do right now. I shouldn't be doing something for myself. I shouldn't be taking a bath right now because I should be doing something for my child, or I have to get my child to therapy today, or literally I'm going to be such a bad mom. All of these, again, have to, should, must, need to. This comes into play. And so this is the general cycle that happens as a result of it. Again, if you're listening to the podcast right now, head on over to my Instagram so you can check this out while you're listening to the podcast. Again, there are things that are responsibilities, but they don't have to be obligations. And that obligation comes in two forms, where you think you have no choice but to do it, Or the other thing is that there are some really negative consequence if you don't do it. Again, that idea of I have to take my kid to therapy or I'm a bad mom. Instantly that shame comes into play. All right. And so our thoughts are really powerful and our thoughts are connected to how we feel. And so if we are in this cycle of obligation, we are having these thoughts. What happens is our bodies become so stressed and then that stress builds up. And then ultimately we end up doing even more things out of obligation because we're stressed and overwhelmed and we get stuck there. So let's dive in a little bit more than what happens when we have these thoughts of have to, should, must, need to. Then you go into overdrive to get it all done. How many times have you had a to-do list that was a mile long and you're like, oh my God, there's so much I have to do. And you're almost panicking over it. You feel like frantic. You feel like there's not enough time in the day. You're looking at it. You're obsessing about it. You're going through it over and over and over again and just being like, I don't get how I'm going to do this. What a shitty feeling that is. And listen, we're all guilty of that. I'm sitting here recording this podcast right now. I'm going to tell you the week before last, I was here. And it happens. We're humans. And with this human experience means we're not going to be perfect all the time. And why I'm sharing this with you today is so you can begin to build awareness because awareness is always, always the first step to change. Without being aware of something, you aren't going to change it. You aren't going to shift it. And so that is a huge part of this. And so you overdrive to get it all done. You push yourself. And often what happens we see is you push yourself beyond the max limit. I'm just going to be really honest with y'all because I feel like so many of you I have conversations with on my social media and I feel like we've become friends. And that's the thing. I am here to let that you aren't alone in this journey. And as you guys probably know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I am not a parent of an autistic child. I just work with a lot of them. I also grew up with a sibling who was 
was diagnosed with autism at 23 months of age. So I'm in this journey with you and yes, I'm here to help you. And I also want you to know just because I share something doesn't mean I'm perfect at it either. And so I found myself wanting to stay up late, but then I was exhausted and all I was doing was thinking about it. And then I'd finally go to bed and I'd have so much guilt over not actually getting it done that then it was this dreadful cycle. So then I'd wake up the next morning being like, today has to be the most productive day ever. Well, guess what? That instantly shut me down because there was so much much pressure. And then I wanted to get it perfect and control it all. How many type A people do I have listening to this right now where you just want to control it all? And that control then is making you feel like you need to hold on to everything and obsess about everything. And it doesn't actually create productivity. But then at some point, maybe it clicks where you're like, okay, I really have to do this. But then so you push yourself, right? Guess what happens next? What the next stage is, is burnout. This is inevitable. If you push yourself beyond your limits, burnout is inevitable. And burnout can have many different forms. It might look like you are exploding at someone else and you might be like, what is wrong with me? It might be this feeling of just being off. It might be this feeling of being lethargic. It might be just a lot of guilt and shame, but you have no energy to actually do anything. It might look like just feeling really low energy or low mood and not knowing why. It also might look like you're a nervous nervous wreck, you're anxious all the time, you're worrying about everything, and you can't shut your brain off, sleep. That's another huge indicator of burnout is you're exhausted, but you can't fall asleep at night. You can't actually turn your brain off. So many examples of burnout. But I'm telling you, if you push your body past its limit, it's got to recover somehow. And so that's what happens is then we feel this burnout and then we go into stage four, which means we have to take a break to recover because our body can only function above a certain level for so long. Physiologically, that's what happens and mentally as well. And so you end up needing to recover. Here's the thing, when we're in that recovery mode, there's a lot of guilt and shame that comes with that too, of like, I'm such a failure, that would be shame. So shame is where you associate your failures to yourself, your self-worth, who you are as a person. So I'm a failure. Guilt, on the other hand, is I should be doing this. You're maybe even having those same thoughts. And that's the thing. We're going into stage five now of that shame or guilt. And then we start the cycle again. But this guilt is like, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything on my list. That's horrible. You're not saying you're horrible, but because that takes the form of shame, they tend to go hand in hand. Or sometimes people have one more than the other. But either way, they're going to make you feel really shitty. They really are. It just happens so naturally. You're going to go right back into that have to, should, must, need to. And then again, you're going to go into overdrive. Then you're going to hit that burnout phase. Then you're going to need to recover. Then the guilt and shame are going to set in again. And then here we go again. And it's like going around on a merry-go-round and you can't figure out where you are. You can't figure out where the exit is. So you just keep staying on it. How many of you have felt like that where you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I felt. And it feels like I never can get off of it. And like I said, two weeks ago, I was in this cycle myself and it was hard. And ultimately what had to happen is I had to basically call myself out like, Taylor, chill the hell out. You need to calm down. And I talked with my therapist about it. 
And I was able to shift momentum going into last week. And I'm going to tell you, you can shift momentum with this too. So the first piece of all of this is awareness. So let's talk through some quick examples. I started to give some examples as we were going, but let's go through this whole cycle. So this idea of, okay, I have to take my kid to therapy. And a lot of times there's more attached to that than just like the responsibility. When you're in obligation, you're attaching something really big that I have to take my kid to therapy today. Even though everyone is so sick, I gotta make it work. And I have this big work project. I still gotta do it because if I don't do it, then they're not gonna progress. And then I don't know what their future is gonna look like, y'all. I hear this all the time from parents. There's so much pressure on that one therapy appointment. So you have to take your kid to therapy. So then you go into overdrive to get it done. You're going to rearrange things. You're going to make sure they're there. I'm going to tell you that when they're there, in episode 21, we talked about this, that you should be part of your child's therapy to really be able to maximize it. You're going to be sitting in that session, and I guarantee your brain is going to be thinking about the 12 million other things you have to do. Or if you're not feeling good, you're going to feel so foggy. What benefit is actually happening? But that's not how your brain is thinking when it's in the obligation cycle. Your brain is truly thinking, well, it's so essential that I get my kid to this appointment. And so then you start to feel those feelings of burnout. And then maybe you crash that night and you take a break. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and you realize there's all these things you didn't do. And then it starts again. So then you're into, oh my gosh, I need to do laundry today. If I don't do laundry, I am such a slob. I just have to get it done. I'm just going to skip my workout today. If I work out, then I have more dirty laundry. I don't want more dirty laundry. It doesn't really matter if I skip my workout. So I'm just going to skip my workout and do all the loads of laundry today. It's not a big deal if I skip my workout because I can do it tomorrow. Maybe this cycle happens day after day and all of a sudden you're out of routine of the one thing that is your beacon of recovery, your beacon of self-care, and you're starting to feel burnt out. This is a common sign of burnout is why am I the only one doing it? I feel like I'm doing everything and no one is appreciating me and it's never going to end. That's a thought pattern associated with burnout a lot of times. So then maybe the break is a full on meltdown where you end up screaming at your partner being like, you need to be helping me. And I'm just going and locking myself in my room right now. And it's a very reactionary recovery. So the irony in that is a lot of times it's not restorative. And then the shame comes in. You're apologizing to your partner. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have blown up like that at you. I've got it. Don't worry about it well, then you're back in the cycle. And so this is how it's so easy and so seamless to get into this. So I hope that these couple examples can really contextualize for you how easily this can pop up. It might seem like just laundry. It might seem like one time you're just missing your workout and all of the sudden you're stuck in this. And again, you can't get off the merry-go-round. So what can you do about this? Real quick, just a brief interruption because I want you to know you don't have to navigate this journey alone. If you're in a place where you have concerns about your child's development, you've been on the search for a therapist that provides evidence-based neurodiversity-affirming care, or you're needing more support as a parent, the whole family approach may be a good fit for you. Autism doesn't just impact your child's life, so you deserve care that works for your child and your whole family. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary call where we can chat about your unique circumstances. We can help you decide if Dr. Tay concierge clinical care would be a good fit for your family. And if not, we will provide you resources for your next best steps. 
know you are supported here and we cannot wait to chat. So head to the show notes to schedule your free consult call today. Number one, and it sounds oversimplified, but it is so important and it is what worked for me two weeks ago is just calling myself out on it, being like, okay, this isn't serving you. And I know it well enough because again, I teach it to people that I was like, I'm stuck in the obligation cycle. I'm feeling so bad about not getting anything done that I'm spending all this time thinking about how I feel so bad about not getting things done and how I'm so exhausted. Then I'm really not getting any things done. Um, And here's the thing, those things on my list needed to get done. The difference though is the mindset in which you go at it, is releasing some of the pressure, even giving yourself permission that something can wait till tomorrow. It is not the end of the world if that happens. Maybe you're like, I need to call my kid's school and set up an IEP meeting. And yes, it is urgent. It feels important. And it is okay to have things that you make a priority to follow through. But rather than thinking the weight of the world is on your shoulders, that nothing is going to change until you have this meeting, it's this shift of like, okay, this is important and it will be okay if it waits a couple more hours. And maybe that's the thing. It's the difference of waiting a couple more hours. Or maybe you start the process in a different way. Is like, hey, I am requesting an IEP meeting. And in the meantime, here are my concerns. Can we work to address those? And maybe you're sharing that over email and that starts the process. And you imagine if you start that process before the IEP meeting, most teachers are super willing to help and to support. They love working with children. And so then what ends up happening is you go into the IEP meeting and the teacher can be like, yeah, we've been trying these things. They really work. And then the administration is going to be like, Okay, let's incorporate them into the IEP. But if you go into this being like, everything about this IEP meeting is so important, that is obligation and it makes you think less clearly. It's not that it's not important, not saying that, yes, it needs to get done. And sometimes we have to have that doorbell of awareness, like have that lingo click in our brain. So really what we wanna do is we wanna replace the language of I get to, I choose to, I want to. So you want to email the team about having an IEP meeting because you see the benefits. I'm reading this book right now called The Gap in the Gain. I love it. A lot of times what the gap is, is we are focused on our progress relative to the ideal. And we're seeing how far it is until we achieve that. And so that a lot of times creates this feeling of dissatisfaction, of failure, like you're not doing enough versus the gain is saying, Let's start from baseline and see our progress. And so I think even in this sense, viewing it in that way of being like, we have so much more to make up. Maybe you're looking at your child's growth and progress. It's like, oh my gosh, they're still not talking. Or my kid is still having meltdowns. Maybe therapy isn't working. And because I know the importance of this, we'll say, okay, do you see that thing your kid just did? You used to hope and pray that they would do that exact thing okay, yes, your kid's still having meltdowns, but how long are they lasting? Five minutes. Well, how long were they lasting before? 45 minutes. Okay, we're making progress. We're on the right path. And so calling yourself out with it and realizing that there's not all this pressure and really focusing on the progress or even sometimes focusing on what 
can happen versus everything you have to do. This IEP meeting, it's like I get to go advocate for my child. I want to be able to do that versus the weight of the world is on my shoulder. So that's number one. Number two is asking for help. This one's really, really interesting. Something I talk with parents about all the time is, especially I will say I see this pattern with moms versus dads of moms being like, right, but I just do everything. I need my husband to step in. I want him just to know what to do. And I'm like, I understand that. And it doesn't feel fair because you're constantly reading everyone else's minds and your husband isn't reading your mind. So let's be more direct. Let's actually say, hey, I need help. Can you do this? And I think that becomes really, really important in all of this is actually making sure that you're advocating for what you need. And the other thing is stop thinking you need to do everything yourself. Ask for help. Realize that you only have so much capacity because if you think you have to do everything and some of it is letting go of expectations that it needs to be done in a certain way as well. Both of these go hand in hand. But if you think you need to be doing everything, I guarantee you're going to go into the obligation cycle and that you're stuck there. So when we learn to delegate, we learn to ask for help, we learn that we can't do it all, and also that it doesn't need to be perfect. I can't remember if I've shared this example, but loading the dishwasher. If you say to your partner, hey, I need you to load the dishwasher, and your partner puts the knives down instead of up, and you really like them up, and you go in and you're like, you didn't do that right. Do you really think your partner is going to want to load the dishwasher again? No. Versus if we can let some of that expectation go and be like, is the dishwasher loaded? Yeah, it's loaded. It might not be perfect. You can shape that behavior over time. You can say, hey, thank you so much for doing that. That was a huge help. A couple times later, maybe you're unloading the dishwasher. You can go, hey, honey, I really appreciate the dishwasher. Would there be any way, and you can even own, I know this is nitpicky. Would there be any way that you could just put the knives up when you're doing it versus why aren't you putting the knives up? Like, Total difference. So that is number two, is asking for help. And when you ask for help, letting go of the expectations. And number three is this idea of the obligation cycle. What ends up happening is you end up pushing yourself past your limits. And then you need a day to recover. How many of you guys have done this where it's like you have a really productive day and then you have a few really unproductive days? That's often because we push ourselves past our limit on that productive day. And so what this becomes about is backing up and saying to yourself, how can I do less on the days that I wanna get things done? And I know that seems mind blowing. It's like, why would I do less on those days I have the energy and that I have a rhythm? Well, you're gonna do less because you're actually an obligation, most likely when you're having those really productive days. Now, that's not to say you can't have productivity without obligation, you absolutely can. But if you're stuck in this cycle, it's really, really hard to do. So you basically power through. Well, the problem is then when you have those recovery days, that's the burnout period and the rest period. That's what you go into. And so I want you to take notice. Are you in this cycle where you have a couple really productive days and then you need a few days of recovery? If the answer is yes, I want you to back down on the days that are really productive and say, rather than trying to get through all my to-do list, let me just do three things max today and then feel really proud about them. And you're not gonna need 
the recovery. And you're also rewarding your brain and making it more excited for your brain to get things done because you're actually celebrating making progress on it. That is the other thing is a lot of times we like when we're really productive and we push through and we're in obligation, what ultimately ends up happening is we're not even acknowledging all our hard work either. So our brain is like, why would I do that again? That wasn't fun. It's just like your child where you need to reward the behaviors you wanna see more of. You need to do that for yourself too. You need to acknowledge like, how cool is it? I got these things done. Oh, I feel so great today. And then you can repeat it. All right, y'all, I hope you took some tidbits. The first piece is building that awareness, realizing that this is self-care for yourself. You are going to feel so much better if you can start to acknowledge you're in this, and that acknowledgement is also going to help you shift. But I also gave you tangibles on how to begin to shift out of this, and you deserve to be able to do this, and I promise you that if you can pull yourself out of this obligation cycle, you're going to be more productive. And even more importantly, you're going to find so much more joy in your day to day and you deserve that. All right. I will see you all next week. Thank you so, so much for being here. If you find yourself listening to these episodes and finding value, come join the Evolve Facebook group. Each week I record podcast episodes live in that community and host a Q&A after each episode. You get access to engage with me. Plus you can connect with other like-minded autism parents. It is a community designed for you to feel seen, heard, and supported as a parent of an autistic child and introduces you to my whole family approach. The group is linked in the show notes. I will be back next week with another real conversation about all things autism and your family life. Be sure to hit the plus or follow button in the podcast platform that you are listening to right now. This will notify you when the next episode is live. Catch you all later.